Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'll tell you, why don't we just lift our hands right now, just entertain the presence of the Lord. Jesus, God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit, for what we feel in this place. God, I pray that you would heal somebody's body today that you would bring healing to somebody who's been praying for healing. God, that you would bring deliverance for somebody that's been praying for deliverance, that you would fill somebody with your spirit, God, whether for the first time or a fresh and new touch. Do something special in this place, God. Do something special. Why don't we just give God some praise? Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a powerful presence of the Lord that is in this place. Amen. Thank you so much for your response. And um, I don't think that God is done with us yet, but I believe he wants to do something in the service. So I'm going to jump right into the word. Um, Genesis chapter 28. I'm going to start with verse number 10. And um, I give honor this morning to your pastor, Pastor Boyd and Sister Boyd, who are traveling. I appreciate their trust in me to be here. Genesis chapter 28, verse number 10 through 17. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascended and descended on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it. And to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed and behold I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this, this is the gate of heaven. By the help of the Lord, I want to speak to us. I believe that this is in the will of the Lord for this service. I want to speak to us about this thought assembled at the gate of heaven assembled at the gate of heaven. Would you lift your hands with me and let's just ask the Lord to speak to us here through his word. God, I pray that you would speak to us by the power of your word. 
God, that I would do my small part and get out of the way, Lord, and that you would move in this place and finish what you started in this service. Help us to receive your word by faith, and we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. Assembled at the gate of heaven. By now, in our opening text, Isaac had come to terms with what he knew was the Lord's will from the beginning, that the older would serve the younger, and that it would be his youngest son, Jacob, and not his eldest, Esau, who would receive the birthright. So now Isaac released his son, Jacob, with a blessing and an instruction. Genesis 28, 1 and 2 says, Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. It was essential that Jacob not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan, as his brother Esau had done. Jacob was the one divinely chosen by God to inherit the birthright and carry on the seed of the Messiah. So there was going to be a transferal of this blessing, this Abrahamic blessing that was passed from Abraham to Isaac and now from Isaac to Jacob. And this was the moment of truth when this blessing was now to be passed to Isaac's youngest son, Jacob. This was the moment of truth. This was the blessing, the covenant that God had bound with Abraham. After the general blessing, Isaac would then bestow upon Jacob the specific blessing of Abraham, the covenant blessing made by God to Abraham and all of his descendants. This was the aspect of the birthright that scripture tells us Jacob's oldest brother Esau despised. But Jacob would gain. Jacob was the one to carry on God's promise to Abraham. We read about this transferal of the blessing in Genesis 28, verse 3 through 5. Isaac said to Jacob, God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padanaram unto Laban, son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. After receiving this blessing, after his father Isaac had bestowed upon him this blessing, Jacob began the long journey eastward toward the ancestral lands of his grandfather Abraham and his mother Rebekah. It would be from this land that he would choose a spouse. And it was here that Jacob had a powerful encounter with God. It was here that Jacob would encounter God on a a higher level than what he had experienced so far in his life. Genesis 28, 10 and 11 says, Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. 
because the sun was set. And he took up the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. So Jacob took stones and placed them for pillows. I've never slept on stones. I've slept in hotels where I thought the pillows were made of stone, but never actual stones. But Jacob here, it was getting dark. The Bible says he took stones in this place. He came to a stopping point, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Now, firmly committed to this journey, I can only imagine as he laid his head down at night, the flood of emotions Jacob felt in this unknown place as he went to sleep, all alone and by himself. There was a loneliness in Jacob. There was an isolation as he traveled into this new territory. On the other hand, there was excitement in Jacob. There was anticipation as to what was in store for his life. Thank you. As he stopped to rest, Jacob took up stones from the ground and and he made a place to sleep. And, And Jacob began to drift off in this moment to sleep. And as he went to sleep in this strange land, in this unfamiliar place, all by himself, he began to dream what the Bible describes as an amazing dream. Genesis 28, 12 says, he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. In Jacob's dream, I want you to picture this with me. There was a ladder in the place where he was sleeping. And and, and on this ladder and in his dream, there was, it, it represented a direct access to heaven. God was now closer than Jacob had ever imagined or experienced before. There was a real access and interaction between heaven and earth in Jacob's dream, in this place where he was sleeping. The God of Abraham would not be a God unconcerned with the things of earth. He would not be a God who distanced himself from his creation, shut up in heaven by himself and silent. But the God of Jacob's forefathers would now be his God. And he had a ladder fixed between heaven and earth. And it was here as Jacob looked at this miraculous sight, this amazing sight of a ladder of angels ascending and descending up and down the ladder, direct access to heaven that the Bible tells us at the top of the ladder was the Lord. And as he looked up to the top of this ladder and beheld the presence of God, God himself began to speak directly to Jacob in this dream, Genesis 28, 13 through 15. God said, I am the Lord of, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee. And will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Jacob 
had no doubt heard about the great God. He had heard the stories about how God had appeared to Abraham and to his father, Isaac. But now God was meeting with Jacob himself in his own personal way. Here, God was essentially repeating to Jacob the covenant he gave to both Abraham and his father, Isaac. He was saying, the promises that they received from me, you now received. The blessings that they were promised are now your promise. This was powerful confirmation for Jacob. God assured him, saying, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. God said, I'm not leaving you until I've completed this good work. God was giving Jacob the same kind of promise we read about in Philippians 1.6, being confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Aren't we thankful this morning that God will not leave us? He will not let us go until his work in us is complete, until he has completed his good work in us. There are many of us here today that have received promises from God in our prayers that we have not yet seen come to pass. But I'm here to tell you that God will do it. You may not see it in the moment, but he's not leaving you. He's not forsaking you until we see it come to pass. He will not leave us nor forsake us. Now, after this dream, Jacob, he saw this incredible ladder. He saw angels descending and ascending. He heard the voice of God confirm the promise on his life. As he woke from the dream, as he was startled from his sleep and jumped up, he pondered what had just happened. Jacob was still stirred by what he had seen in the dream. It was an incredible dream, nothing he had ever seen or experienced before. But he realized, he understood this was more than just his imagination. This was more than just a dream. He had just heard the voice of Almighty God. He had just heard God's voice confirming his hand on his life. And as he pondered this, he understood, Jacob understood, that this place where he experienced it, this place where he dreamed that dream and heard God's voice was more than just a place. This was a special place. This was no ordinary ground anymore. The the rocks that he had placed for his pillow seemed like ordinary rocks at first. It seemed like just a, a natural stopping point to catch his rest. But this was no longer ordinary ground. This was no longer just a regular place. This was a miraculous place. Jacob declared in Genesis 28, 16, Surely the Lord is in this place. Surely God is in this place, and I knew it not. What a statement. Surely the Lord is in this place, and for whatever reason, at the moment, at the beginning, I I, I didn't recognize it, but I know it now. And the Bible says he was afraid and said, How dreadful is the place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Somebody say the gate of heaven. 
Jacob was right. He was correct in his assessment of the situation. The Lord was indeed in that place. God had met him in a special and miraculous way, speaking to him through a dream. God had just met him in a powerful way, and Jacob's life from that moment would never be the same. A spirit of worship, as he, became, as he came to this realization, took over Jacob. He gathered the stones from under his head, and he made him there a pillar, an altar. He grabbed his oil, and he anointed the rocks. He poured it from the top to the bottom. And the Bible says he called the name of that place Bethel. The house of God, a special place, a miraculous place. He said, this is the gate of heaven. This is where God comes down and meets me in a special way. Jacob vowed a vow. He said, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, if he will bless me, if he'll take care of me, if he'll answer my prayers so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Jacob recognized the special place that this was. He recognized and understood. He had a, a keen spiritual perception that something miraculous had just transpired. Kind of like earlier in this service, you all responded. We all responded. We felt the moving of the Spirit. We've been in those services where we seem to be going through the routine, but then all of a sudden there's a shift. Somebody steps out from their aisle and they come down front. The singers begin to weep and the musicians begin to feel something different. And each and every one of us, no matter what our role is in the service, we feel an urgency, a pushing to go further and go beyond. That's, that's what Jacob, that's what he felt. He had that spiritual perception. Every service we assemble at a place no less special and no less powerful than where Jacob encountered God. This assembling place where we're at today is our very own Bethel. This is where the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, meets us. This is where his spirit comes down and walks seat to seat through the aisles and all through this place, touching and healing and answering prayers and filling those with his spirit. Just like the ladder in Jacob's dream, when the angels ascended and descended, Jesus, he is our direct access to where heaven interacts with earth. And this, this is the gate of heaven right here. He does not just point us in a general direction, but Jesus alone is the way. And he meets us here. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is our access. He is our access point. He's the gate right here in this place. I believe that Jesus is here. He's the way, and he wants to complete a good work 
in each and every one of us. How many times, just like Jacob, have we assembled in this place, come to the point of heaven's gate, and just walked away unchanged? How many of us could say, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place, and and I knew it not. I knew it not. I'm always reminded of the New Testament, as Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, on what we call, we celebrate as Palm Sunday. They're laying their coats down and they're, they're waving the palm branches. And blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're ready to anoint Jesus the Messiah. But if we read in the passage, Jesus is crying and he's weeping. And he says, they know not the time of their visitation. They were going through the motions. Their actions showed a certain way. But here they really, truly didn't understand what was happening. They didn't really get it. They didn't really understand that the time of their visitation was now. The moment, the opportunity was was right then. There's many times, many services where we experience the same thing. And I'm here to tell you, your time, our time, our moment is in this service. We've assembled together today, and this is the access point. This is the gate of heaven. And whatever you need is in this house. If you didn't get it a few minutes ago, then you can still receive it today. If you need his spirit, come on, somebody, you can receive the Holy Ghost. If you need healing in your body, then you can receive healing today at this access point at the gate of heaven. If you need deliverance in your life, then you can receive it right now. This is a special place. This is a powerful place. The presence of the Lord is here, and God wants to do a miraculous and a powerful work. But we've got to recognize it. We've got to get it. We've got to understand it. We've got to become tired of wasted moments and wasted opportunities. I don't want to leave this place the same, but but God, I want to be transformed. I want to be changed. Come on, I I prayed the same prayer too many times not to receive it today. But God, I need an answer in this house. Oftentimes, while the Lord is trying to speak, we become preoccupied. While he's attempting to work on us in our lives, we miss his presence. We miss the opportunity. But today, we are assembled at heaven's gate together. And there is opportunity. There's opportunity. I'm getting ready to close this morning. I want to give us a chance again to pray and to respond. The psalmist said in 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Salvation is here at the gate of heaven. Salvation is in this house. Healing is in this house. Is there anybody that needs healing in your body? Anybody need healing? There's deliverance in this house. If you need deliverance from vices, from things in secret that have held you 
tight that have prevented you from your breakthrough, God can break that chain today and bring deliverance here at the gate of heaven. We have access to the supernatural. We have access. In the Old Testament, God gave a promise to the prophet Elijah. There was a drought in the land. But God told Elijah, he said, I want you to go and I want you to tell King Ahab that the rain's coming. Anybody remember the story? So we know that Elijah went and he confronted the false prophets. He built there an altar. And there he, he challenged them. He said, you know, let the, whoever's God is real, let him be God. Let him be true. We know the story and God consumed the altar and, and Elijah was proven correct. But it had not rained yet, <clears throat> had not rained yet. But the interesting thing is God had predetermined and he had promised rain, yet it hadn't rained. But as we read the story, Elijah the prophet, he had to go and, and, and he got on his knees in the posture of intercession and he began to pray and the heavens opened and the rain came finally. The rain was predetermined. But that predetermined promise was only accessed through prayer. There are today, there are predetermined promises for us. Promises in heaven right now to each of us that are available, but they're only accessed through prayer. They're only accessed through a prayer of intercession. There are promises that you've been praying for. There's promises of healing and and whatever it is, financial, whatever it might be, that are available to us, that are locked up in heaven, waiting for us to push beyond and to pray for that thing to come down. Just as God predetermined the rain, there's predetermined promises for us. I'm here to tell you, you are at the access point. We are at the gate of heaven. Your promise is available, but it's up to us to pursue it It's up to us to pray and to reach for it, to reach out and receive it. And if we'll do that, God will unlock that promise and he will rain it down upon us. But we've got to pray. We've got to believe and pray the prayer of faith. We've got to push beyond our comfort zone to step out and to pray and believe God that he'll do it for us. Would you stand with me this morning? Whatever you need, I want to give you an opportunity right now. If you'll just lift your hands. Come on, we are assembled today at the gate of heaven, and God wants to do a powerful work. He's already touched us. He's already moved in a mighty way, but he's not finished with us just yet. If we'll just reach beyond our comfort zone, if we'll just push a little further, come on, push a little further and receive what God has. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. 
Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.